Create something beautiful. Artists and creative types. This is the artistic method, and I am Joel Wright. Earlier, I was testing out my video, and my lips looked like I was wearing lipstick. Does it look like that from your perspective? Like super red. It does lips? not look like you're wearing lipstick. No, nice. I would. I would. I would say so. If I was going to, it'd be black lipstick. Yes, I love some black <laughs> lipstick. That's a good look. I on almost everyone. Right. I wear black lipstick a lot, actually, and people be like, "I could never do that." I'm like, "Yes, you can. You just do it, and you." act like you look great and then you will <laughs> right Just, and it's pronounced whiner right not whiner i mean if you want to get real technical it's vina but oh really <laughs> I, I don't think i don't think i can manage that german <laughs> that's okay no it uh i have one person that ever uh has ever called me vina but yeah it's whiner. <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right uh jess weiner artist and you're a muralist as well right yeah uh, are you still doing murals or is that i am i okay. i moved uh states about six months ago so mm -hmm. i am still kind of old in my new town and mm -hmm. I'm, i've just booked one for february uh here in bentonville so i'm getting that ball roll so hopefully soon more and more it's it's really weather dependent uh doing murals i mean you're really exposed to the elements and subject to the weather i i saw one video where you were doing i believe it was the balloon um it was a balloon mural and you were doing it in the rain kind of but you had built a tent that yes went that was my lift. dad's idea that was my dad's idea i was i was freaking out i was like i am only in town for four days i don't know how i'm gonna get and he was like, go buy a hundred sheet or a hundred feet of plastic. Mm -hmm. That was a good idea. And it was a really good idea. To the roof. Cause we noticed for me, I got it done. It was awesome. Yeah. That turned out really well. And it's a, those types of murals, they're like photo ops that people love the most because they go yes. take their picture and you, you get exposure from that, I guess. Do you, totally. do you, and I think, sorry, go ahead. I was wondering like, uh, like you you'll put your hashtag on a mural like that and then people take pictures and do they do they like tag you on Instagram they and then do. you see, see all the pictures yes especially that one the balloons I get mm -hmm. tagged in that one a lot um, probably because more people are taking pictures with that one um, and then the other one would be shine bright I get tagged in that a uh, lot too okay I don't think Oh, that's the one in that little uh, parking lot area where they, you did the like spaces. And yeah. so we were talking about the spaces, the shine bright mural. And then you, you did here in Texarkana, the TXK thing, didn't you? That's the big mm -hmm. letters. It was, yes. such, it's such a good job. It's so well done. Thank you so much. That was a huge project, but I had a blast. It was full of learning curves mm -hmm. and um, that was the biggest project i've ever done and most exhausting for sure I but i got it it and you know what it ended up being a real like a group effort in that the community really came together i mean i was gifted access to a scissor lift at first yeah, yeah. 
And when the scissor lift was not working because the ground was not level, it's unfinished, like old asphalt that's just really in bad shape. And if a scissor lift's not perfectly level, it will not go up and down. Oh, it and won't so let we you. Were, yeah, it wouldn't, it won't let you. Yeah. So we were like putting two by fours underneath it, trying to make it perfectly level, but then I couldn't really go back. It, yeah, it was, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. Okay. Are you, you're not afraid of heights then? I'm okay. not, I mean, I'm plenty aware of them. Yeah. <laughs> At least as an adult, as a kid, I was not, I was uh-huh. a excessive tree climber which is a, is a uh, childhood symptom of ADHD, I found out, and we'll talk about that later, but <laughs> yeah, I loved climbing trees as a kid, and so I'm, I'm more aware of heights now, but uh-huh. I'm not afraid of them, but the scissor lift, it wasn't working, I got 40 feet up, and David Peavy, I don't know if you know David Peavy, I do know sure. him, he poked his head over the top of that building, and was like, hey, I don't want to scare you, hi, um, <laughs> that looks pretty precarious i was like yeah i really wanted to get a bucket lift but it's not in my budget he goes you need a bucket lift i said yes he goes i'll be right back comes back five minutes later rounds the corner with a bucket lift on a truck oh wow hands me the keys he goes i just want to make sure you can operate it i get in it i go up and down i make sure i can operate it goes cool hands me the keys he goes just go park it by you know this building when you're done let me just use the bucket lift, like community that's, effort. That's amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. That's, that's great that you were able to, um, you know, you save a lot of money when you don't have to rent those things, you know, so, you know, cause that yeah, cuts into I your profit. Before. I always try to do the weekend, get it real, get it done in a couple of days, but yeah, it can get expensive really fast. Nice. So right now you're probably working on other projects. What do you have going right now? Right now, I'm doing a lot of mural marketing here in mm. Bentonville because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm new. And then I'm working on smaller pieces for uh, gallery spaces here, as well as a spring collection. I'm hoping to do Wine Fest in Texarkana okay. in May. We'll see. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've submitted an application and we'll see. So I'm working on stuff for that, too. So oh, small things. I'm sure there's no reason you, they wouldn't accept you. So if you want to do that, I'm sure you'll, you'll be able to. I'm hopeful. I, I've heard it's a lot of fun. Now I haven't seen a whole lot of your work. I met you at the arts market about, I think it was two or three years ago. I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly because the whole uh, pandemics were like a blur, but maybe it was right. two years ago. At that time you had uh, collaged, um, it's basically strips of painted paper that was uh, ripped and torn and then collaged onto a canvas. And, and you had like so many different like color schemes and stuff. I love those. I I don't know if you still do those, but I wanted to buy an original. It was just like not the right time for me, you know, cause I was Christmas shopping, but totally. I got, I got little uh, Christmas ornaments from you that day. And um, we hang those on our tree. We, We have since then. Were they the little clip-on ones? Yeah, they're little clip-on so ones. Cool. I, I, I love, love that. Yeah, I really loved those. I wore I wore one in my hair during the market. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. It was creative. Yeah, when I met you, I was just like, damn, this person is super creative, you know, and I, you know, like you you know it when you see it. You know, I, I knew that you had a lot of potential and you know, I can't wait to see more work that you do. 
maybe you can send me some pictures of what you're doing now and then on this yeah. video like i'll show them or whatever what's your inspiration like artists that inspire you that could either be in the past or now or or it, it's not necessarily influences of your work but just who right what's your favorites yeah okay i have three and my very my top favorite is uh, georgia o'keefe i uh discovered her when i was 11 uh -huh. on a trip to Santa Fe with my grandparents and i don't know just reading about her i went we went to the museum in santa yeah. Fe, which is beautiful and just reading all the little bios and seeing mm -hmm. her work i remember thinking like this lady is like tough as nails and she's yeah. doing these beautiful floral pieces like something about the contrast between like her personality at least in what i was reading and then what she was painting was really really cool i mean look up unbothered and you will see georgia o'keefe i just absolutely adore her um and then let's see i love vincent van gogh for a lot of reasons his work is moody but at the same time it's very um i don't know you can tell it he was ministering to his own soul if that makes sense mm -hmm. like I, he was a very troubled person oh yeah yeah tortured and yet he totally and yet he still chose to paint really beautiful vibrant things and that's something that has always inspired me, especially the more I learned about him. As mm -hmm. a teenager, I learned more and more about him. Um, and as a teenager, you know, you're moody and every big feelings all the time. And I was just like really inspired by this guy who was choosing to paint beautiful and vibrant things out of a place of pain. Mm -hmm. um, not that there's anything wrong with painting things that are raw um, or dark. Um, right right um, something about something about that was particularly and particularly inspiring to me as a teenager and then again um as an adult I've, I've kind of had a resurgence of my obsession with van gogh lately did you get a chance so, to go to that e exhibition it's like a light show thing you didn't go i, I didn't go either I, I oh man i wanted to go so bad um I knew it was, it had mixed reviews and that's not the reason I didn't go, but I know people were like, oh, it's, you know, it cheapens his work. And I'm like, oh, the, the idea to step inside one of his paintings yeah, and make yeah, it exactly. accessible to, to people who normally might not go to like an art museum and look at paintings on the wall. They might go to an experience and they get to go experience and discover an artist who had extremely inspiring and work so as like the whole like life idea i just loved that i thought it was the coolest way to like bring the masses in see i, I love the art. the new ideas of integrating art with technology i know there's a lot of resistance with it but um that's the only way that these things are going to survive the future of people being aware of them as if the art totally. becomes digital in some aspect like nfts which i don't want to get too much into um i went down that rabbit hole and there's a lot to say about nfts but but we'll, i'll save that for another time but uh di you know digitizing artwork is happening no matter how we 
what we think about it or whatever. I didn't get to go either and I wished I, I did, but maybe, you know, I, I think it's, it moves around. They're doing it in different it places. Does. Yeah. I really hope it comes to Northwest Arkansas because I mean, Crystal Bridges is here. I don't know why it wouldn't. Yeah. I think but it I'm very hopeful that it comes here. <laughs> okay. So there's one thing I was wanting to talk to you before we run out of time. And it's, a, I, I noticed that uh, you were diagnosed with, was it ADD or ADHD? It was ADHD, yeah. Okay, so I've never been diagnosed. I've just, every single day, I lose my keys, sometimes multiple times. And then I, I have glasses and they, they're great for up close, uh, but I don't like wearing them all the time. So I set them down or put them on my head or, or whatever, and then I can't find them. You know, I've always had a million projects going and, you know, like I'll, I'll finish 10 paintings for a show and people are like, how'd you do those so fast? But they've been sitting around for two years, you know, I think, <laughs> I think that I, I think on some level, all artists have uh, some degree of ADD or ADHD, but, you know, um, getting diagnosed with it is once you know that, I guess you can accept that and kind of internalize it and then and then make uh, behavioral modification changes and the way you do things because you know that you have that. I think I've just been kind of like ignoring it my whole life, but how has your life changed since you, you got that diagnosis? Like, are you, are you functioning better now? Oh, big time. Oh, yeah. big time. Um, even with just the knowledge of having ADHD, cause I went two years before I even explored the idea of medication. And I think if I had not done a lot of the like talk therapy and behavioral work beforehand, um, mm -hmm. I don't know that medication would have worked for me as well as it does. Um, Cause a lot of the coping strategies I have learned um, are really, really what helps me. Yeah. Um, so even just the knowledge of having it, that kind mm -hmm. of epiphany of looking at all of these symptoms and going, I thought that these were character flaws and I've been like living under this cloud of shame. Right. <laughs> Just from, I'm not a good adult. I, I can't, yeah. you know, I'm not, you know, like all of the shame that comes with not meeting the expectations or feeling like other people are adulting better. Mm -hmm. And now I can take that factor out of it. When you remove the shame factor and you realize it's not a character flaw, it's a symptom of a neurological yeah disorder right um it really it takes the shame out of it and i can recognize when i'm having a adhd moment where i'm like okay i'm hyper focusing on my phone right now because i'm bored and i'm trying like right my brain's just seeking dopamine i right. can acknowledge it and go okay in two minutes i'm gonna set this phone down and for some reason i'm able to <laughs> Now, yeah, where before I'd be like, why can't I set my phone? Be like anxiously scrolling or anxiously watching Netflix because I know I have stuff to do. Uh -huh. um, and, and yeah, so yeah, it, it's been, it's been incredibly helpful. And uh, there's all kinds of little weird behavioral ADHD hacks that you'll see online. And a lot of them, like I saw one that was, um, 
it was like neurotypical person giving advice to stay organized with ADHD. And it's like, get a planner and stick to your planner and make sure you follow your calendar. And it was like actual ADHD advice. Don't take your shoes off until you're ready to get into bed. Otherwise you will lose your momentum and your yeah. focus and you won't get anything done. And that's one of those like those really weird things that's oddly specific that actually works. Yeah, I would see that would actually work. Um, okay, so what you're saying with ADHD is you can have, like you have periods of hyper-focus, but it's on stuff that you shouldn't be doing. Right. And, and then, um, so you have to struggle to get yourself back on track. Right. Okay, so it's, it's a dopamine deficiency, basically. So a mm -hmm. brain with ADHD, it has fewer dopamine receptors. Um, so you, the brain has to flood itself with ADHD to, or ADHD with, <laughs> with dopamine. It's uh -huh. already got plenty of ADHD. It's got to flood the brain with dopamine to get just that little kick that helps a neurotypical person with motivated, with motivation. And the things that motivate an ADHD brain are just different than yeah. a neurotypical brain. Right. Um, so you just kind of have to learn what works for you. <laughs> So I'm a list person and almost every day I make a list of stuff that I have to do. And if I don't make a list, I, I don't do yeah. it like no list, no productivity whatsoever. But I've tried right. to like planner, like the daily planners. And if I try and go out too far with planning, um, that doesn't work. It's just like, it's got to be today. Stick to that day. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't, I, don't I set have... alarms for dates, right. I, you know, put those in your phone. And it'll remind you, but I'm never like, I have this, I have a daily planner that just says today in it. Mm -hmm. And then it's broken up into little categories, but the date isn't in there. So I'm never like, I'm not boxed in by, you know, right. February 1st, Tuesday. Yeah. Um, and it, this, this thing has been very helpful because it's just lists. It's a to-do list and an email call list and what my top priorities are. And mm -hmm. then like note-taking space. And that helps me so much because I really can only focus on today. And oh, there's even here. a spot down here that says tomorrow. And sometimes when I get, I start to get through things, I'm like, I'm not gonna be able to finish all this. I'll move it to tomorrow. And yeah. something about like that, that is weird. It, it's helpful. Yeah. Cause it makes me, I'm like, okay, I'm not failing my list. I'm not going to forget this because I've written it down again. So yeah, it's, it's awesome. If you can find a daily planner that does not have dates already in it, Mm -hmm. yeah that's I just usually have a piece of like uh typing paper and a, a clipboard yeah. and I just do a list that way but list uh, yeah have to do list so yeah I'm, I must actually have some of the symptoms I must have ADD I don't know about Definitely the H it. I'm, I'm not very hyper that's for sure <laughs> it's interesting uh they they have they've kind of re categorized how they um I don't know how they refer to it so apparently it's ADHD and then there's like seven different subtypes of ADHD wow. um and the hyperactivity you may not have physical hyperactivity but for a lot of people as adults the hyperactivity ends up going to their mind and they've got a brain that's um Oh, got so many ideas you can't even process them okay Not I've got that ever I've got that yeah so right. your hyperactivity is up here oh and you feel yeah like you have so many ideas 
and you have this constant feeling of being behind because you have all these ideas that no one person could ever physically do. Okay, I've got that. That's, right. yeah. that's me. So you feel behind, even though you're not. Yeah, you, I always feel behind. So much bigger. Yeah, exactly. It's that, unrealistic. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, here's been my problem. I, I opened my gallery about five or six years ago. And when I opened, it, it was like a dream come true. And I wanted to do everything, do all the things. And I attempted to, and it wasn't until the shutdown when I just had to reflect and look at what I was doing. And it wasn't, although that's fun and I love learning new things. Um, it, it was uh, counterproductive to like me focusing on my paintings and my tattoos, which is the main thing that I do. But I did so many other things and loved it but I was like just diluted in so many different directions. Um, yeah. So like uh, having time to like look at that and start over, you know, after reassessing and now I'm like making myself focus, like it, and it, it is hard. Like uh, it's hard for me to apply that discipline to myself because naturally I just want to like run wild with a paintbrush. <laughs> yeah. Just be crazy about it. But um but the, you know, taking time to focus and like, and like stick, try and stay disciplined and, you know, on the right path is, it feels good. Like, it feels like you're, you're building some sort of muscle. Right. And, oh, yeah, totally. And then I have to say no to a lot of different things now. And it's hard. I'm a yes guy. I want to say yes to everybody. Me but too. now I have to say no way more. And, you know, it's, it, it at the moment you say no, it feels like, uh, disappointing or you're letting someone down or something but then later you feel like wow I said yes to the one thing I'm supposed to be doing and right. that that makes a big difference for me I mean but yeah that's what I'm trying now and I'm, I'm focusing on a new painting style and all that but um, before we get off here I have one question for you it's about your creative process like uh, I just like the when I thought of this podcast, it was kind of like um, seeing how other artists work in their studio. I saw that you posted a, a TikTok that was a brush hack. It was uh, putting the, the brushes in the ashtray and so they don't get all weird. For acrylic painting, yeah. that's that's like a, a, a serious hack because I've yes. ruined like thousands of brushes by leaving them Me in the too. water thousands of brushes yeah and you, you don't take care of brushes the same way as you do with like oil painting for acrylic right, right. so it's in and especially if you have adhd and i think a lot of artists do because you know i think we're problem solvers by nature and we have mm -hmm. to get creative in the way we just cope through life because we're different from a lot of other people uh -huh. we are naturally creative in these jack of all trades and then we find something that sticks and hyper focus on it for you know 50 years um like painting and murals but when you have adhd at least in my experience i leave paint i leave uh brushes in water for weeks yeah like they paint. have their own <laughs> they have their own ecosystem yeah it's awful <laughs> okay so acrylic paint if you do that it has this distinct horrible smell it's uh some sort of bacteria thrives in that environment and it, it is rancid. Yeah, it makes gassy. It's a gassy smell and it's horrible. <laughs> Latex does it too. Yeah. yeah. Doing murals, I have to use paint. It goes bad because once it's open, 
Mm-hmm. It immediately started to expire. And I've opened, I've been on jobs before. Open a paint can that had been open yeah. one more one other time before. Uh-huh. And it's solid or it's rotten. And Ew. the smell is, oh, I gotta go get more yellow paint. <laughs> like That one's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I'm really sensitive to smell, so that bothers me. But it never stopped me from leaving my brushes in the water for weeks. Um, <laughs> now, now I'm oil painting, and I use a slow dry oil paint, so I can actually be the irresponsible person that I am, and just leave the the paint in the brushes, and they don't. Right. I mean, it doesn't dry for like maybe a week or two, and you know, I paint almost right. every day, so. So it doesn't matter. Eventually I have to clean them out, but you know, I can take a day to do that. Like within a two week period, that's just, I don't have to do it every day. It's really, I love that about oil painting, but I still do some acrylic painting, but it's usually large scale. And, and I don't always use brushes. It's almost like putting icing on a cake, you know, on a big painting. Oh yeah. Nice. Well, okay. So you're, you don't have anything specific going on right now to promote, I guess. Do you have a website? I do. Um, I've got justwartist.com. Uh-huh. That's with one S. That's J-E-S. Okay. Um, so justwartist.com. And then on TikTok and on Instagram. And I've got a page on Facebook, too. I'm Magic Hat Muralist. Okay. Um, when I, I edit the video. A, I, have, I have a silly hat that I wear anytime I go to paint. And it started out just uh keeping paint out of my hair yeah um but then it's here i have it here with me it's so kind of just distinct and wild looking that this after doing a few murals in texarkana people would start to recognize it uh-huh. and um something about it helps me focus so right oh, so actually i got one more thing to say about this hat sorry really quick yeah um i learned a friend of mine after i had come out with magic hat muralist and kind of had rebranded that a friend of mine sent me an article about ADHD people and big headphones or hats uh-huh. and how they help them focus because it's this weird little ritualistic like you're this symbolic you're gonna box your your thoughts in you're gonna yeah. just bring all your ideas in and you're gonna keep them right here and you're gonna focus and she was like your hat really is magic I got so weirdly emotional I was like oh my gosh I thought it helped me a little bit too much um but anyways yeah so sorry no no I love that um Um, that's actually that that is a very cool hack um and I've I've kind of experienced that when I had shorter hair I used to wear a hat backwards and and when I was going to do a tattoo or paint I would for sure put the hat on because hair would fall into my eyes if I didn't Yeah. yeah so it was a way to but when I put the hat on it's sort of like a uh Pavlov's dogs you know it's like a trigger that's like this is the time, time where you focus and, and it sort of turns it on uh yeah. I don't have that I don't have anything like that right now but I've I've always um I burn incense when I paint or do anything mm-hmm. creative and it's the same one every time and I've al- always done that and so that smell kind of triggers it's go time <laughs> I always have to have a drink in a can when I work mm-hmm. whether it's like a LaCroix or soda or something that little like sound for some reason like ding time to work (laughs) like it's the weirdest thing oh one thing I want to tell you about that I do that might help you might not I don't know but um I have a um a Pomodoro timer and and so I like 
okay, you can do it in, in like 25 minutes and then you take a 10 minute break or you can do longer. Uh, I experiment with the ratios, but that like when the timer goes, you start working. And then after so long, uh, the timer goes off and then you purposely get up and move around. Cause I find like, I have to, I have to disassociate from the thing I'm doing on purpose, but otherwise it's sort of like, um, you know, it, it's hard for me to sit in one place for that long. So I have to get up and move around, yeah. but that segments it where you don't spend too much time taking the break. And then when the mm -hmm. timer goes back off, you go back to the thing, but you know, right. like you're working in these small blocks and then they chain together and, you know, six hours and you've got a lot of work done. Uh, yeah. but, but it's a more enjoyable experience because you're allowing yourself to free roam, you know, but in small little chunks. Yeah. But you're not having to make yourself like, like put the blinders on. Yeah. You yeah. know, you've got a break coming. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was great talking to you. This, yeah, totally. Uh, this you will be too. the first one that we're releasing on uh, YouTube. So thank you for, for Yay. being on. And we'll have to do this again, especially like when you have something going on or like maybe before the wine festival, we'll do another one. And, um, you know, we'll I'd love that. Oh, I have one more thing I want to add. You were talking okay. about projects I'm working on. I can't believe I forgot, I forgot this. Um, I actually I'm launching a little members area on my website. Uh -huh. um, it's called Art is for Everyone. It's a little bit inspired by Keith uh, Herring. Uh, do uh -huh. you know the artist Keith Herring? Um, he used to say art is for everyone. And he did murals because he believed that everyone should have access to art and everyone should get to see it, not just people who can afford it. And that's why I liked, I, that's why I love murals because you don't need an admission ticket to see, to see it. You don't have to right. pay admission to go see it. And um, sorry, anyway, so we added this little members area. There's a free option or donate what you can. And then uh, a little subscript, like tiers of subscription and you get, uh, you get prints, you get stickers, you get digital media, um, all kinds of cool things. And I'm really, that we're launching awesome. this month and I'm really, really excited about it. Okay, so you're launching that this month. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you remembered that. That's super important. That sounds really neat. So they just go to your website and then become a member and it, it can be free if they want or they can donate. Yes, yes because really art good. is for everyone. I didn't. I, I wanted people to be able to access it no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also, there are different tiers of subscription um, if people want access to, to some of the other things too, so. Yeah. And that's cool that you bring that up about murals as their public domain there, you know, anyone can look at it or take a picture of it. It's like you, it's truly, uh, you know, shared with everyone and everyone has access to it. That's the cool thing about murals. And I was thinking about murals earlier and, and like the history of art. I mean, basically cave paintings were murals, you know, and that's the first art we have history of. And that's yeah. always been a thing, you know, it's, it's probably the oldest um, way to display art is, you know, on walls and Put stuff. Put it on like a that. wall. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great that you do that. I can't wait to see your, your next work. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I guess we'll see. I don't know what my next product is. I, I booked the client. I have no idea, what, no idea what they want yet. Um, we're going to talk about it. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I like doing pretty much anything. Um, and mm -hmm. I'm excited to see what, 
what's next. Do you so. use a projector? Because if I was doing a mural, I would use a projector. I mean, I would just find a way. I used a projector once for font that was really, really rigid. Yeah. Um, but for other things like the balloons, Shine Bright, and then the Love Thy Neighbor, that's also in the Crest Gap, that's yeah. all freehand. Oh, wow. Um, TXK, the logo, is was meticulously measured out <laughs> and put on a grid. Right. Um, but everything else is freehanded. I've tried... When I, when I did Shine Bright Texarkana, I started with a grid and then quickly realized I was not, my brain was just not going to work that way. So I had light gray paint on this white wall and I'd sketch it out and I'd get down off the scaffolding and look at it. Uh, her mouth looks wonky. Okay. And then I go paint over it with white paint, let it dry a little bit, try uh -huh. it again. And um, that's just been the way that works for me. Not everyone's like that, but, um, and projectors are great, but I just I really like the process of freehanding. That's amazing. That that takes talent. So, could, but you know, like if you draw in your sketchbook, I mean, I draw in a sketchbook almost every day, but it's small. Uh, I can only draw the size that you know would fit on a canvas or the sketchbook. When when you try to go big, I don't have the practice of doing that. So you know, I guess I guess a grid would be the uh, the next best thing if not a projector but that's really cool thanks for sharing all this yeah and, uh, absolutely I've really I'm enjoyed thrilled talking. to be a part of it I can't wait to to see it on YouTube and see your podcast kind of take off this is going to be really cool thing for other creators and artists and makers and people who just are curious about the process and appreciate yeah. art from a distance like I think it's going to be really really cool and insightful yeah, th this is cool because you can share it if you choose to with, you know, people that follow you. Uh, one problem I've had with uh, getting artists to do something like this is many of them are introverted. So this would be a nightmare for some artists and that's fine, you know, but it's the people that, you know, are, are wanting to talk about it, willing to talk about it. You know, um, it's always it's always going to reach more people and you're going to expand your audience the more you can talk so you know like you're a great example of someone that you know you can verbalize what you do and, and express yourself publicly like through words uh it, did a know, lot of it, talking kid. <laughs> <laughs> well you're doing great it, it's it's a huge benefit if you can do that like i i struggled with it but i went to a public speaking class called toastmasters and you know i'm not I toastmasters too oh you do Oh, I wow. loved Toastmasters. I did yeah, it in I middle too. school. Yeah, loved it. awesome. Yeah, I was terrified. Like the first six months I was going and, and but they're all so supportive. And then. So, yeah, I, oh, I love Toastmasters. You're, you're still doing Toastmasters? No, I did it for about a year and then I got super busy and I want to go back and visit and maybe, you know, refresh my skills a little bit. I do too. I've got a speaking event in June and I need to like, see I just said like I need to mm -hmm. revisit some of those skills for sure and practice they're always so welcoming like they want you there and they're so they're so eager to help you and stuff like I'm sure you can find one any in any okay. city yeah I'll have to look it up but I wish one. I wish more artists would do that because they're like they always want you to speak about your work and then an introverted artist is like Oh, I, I like painting. <laughs> and it's so, you know, like it's so painfully awkward and stuff, but you know, it's 
it'll do nothing but benefit uh, an artist to learn how to do public speaking, at least a little bit. It takes, yeah, it takes practice and it takes becoming secure in the person that you are. And I think, I hope, and I, and I think that this podcast will like help artists see like their value in the world because these are the, the creatives and the artists, these are the kind of people who get us through dark periods of humanity. Yeah, and, you're right. And they are very, very valuable to have. And the more artists that realize that and go, oh, I am a, I am a valuable contribution to society. In fact, I am needed. <laughs> mm-hmm. there, there, you have room to have pride in your work, no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, I think this is going to be super, super, super helpful um, for other artists to kind of just gain some insight to their value as, yeah, a, as an yeah. artist, as a, as a human. I, so. I just want to help other artists that, you know, some, I know some artists won't even call themselves an artist. Have you, have you experienced this or do you know, have friends that they paint every day, they draw all the time and they're like, well, I'm not an artist. I'm but I'm like, uh, they you think, are, you are. They, they think that if it's not a career, then they can't call themselves an artist. Yeah. And that's, I made, I made a TikTok a little while ago that said what, or, or it was things that make you an artist, making art. <laughs> it's that, <laughs> it is that simple. Like no one gets to define what art is and no one gets to define who an artist is because if you're making art, you are an artist. Right. And, um, but my husband actually helped kind of push me to really own that because I had a hard time um, answering the question, like, what do you do? And now I can very confidently, like, I'm a muralist. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. And tell me about that. Or before, I'd be like, oh, well, I work at a grocery store, but sometimes <laughs> I, would, I would really love to paint more murals. Sometimes I do murals. They're all right. You want to see some? And then like, like, <laughs> but now I'm like, oh, I'm a muralist. And, you know, I'm by no means um, a full time muralist. I, I would definitely say I am part time right now, um, mm-hmm. but I would love to be full time one day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the more, I don't know. I think with that title, it's an imposter syndrome. I, I guess it, it is, but uh, saying I'm an artist feels like you're a fake. But you kind of have to fake it till you make it. I mean, that's that's the thing. It's like I I am this doesn't feel right until you say it enough times, and then the brain starts believing it, and then there you go, you're yeah. in arts. <laughs> your your brain will believe whatever you tell it, good or bad. So that's true. That's dangerous. My kids, when they get real negative, I'm like, you say that enough times, you're gonna start to believe it. Yeah, and, you're right. And I I hope I hope artists can start to speak a little bit more positively about themselves and mm-hmm. um and the work that they do because we we need them we do that's right all right they pull Jess. us out of the the muck and the 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 gross when the world gets really dark thank you so much you did you did fantastic and and i I'm, had a blast i'm so really impressed with your work and and i'm a i'm a fan that, that means a lot. I'm I'm actually a huge fan of yours as well. I I was thrilled to be on on, on this. All right. Well, we'll do it again soon. Okay. Cool. All right. Bye. Bye. Have a good.